0: Welcome into OutKick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Fridays. This is the last OutKick show that we will do in 2024 without people being able to go out and vote. I want you to all go vote. Not just people in Iowa, not just people in New Hampshire who are going to go a long way towards deciding what the matchup in 2024 looks like, but all of you as well. If you are listening to me right now and you do not go and cast a vote in 2024, just know that you are making me very sad inside. Uh, We've got a lot to dive into. Uh, Kalen DeBoer reportedly going to be the Alabama hire as their next head football coach, current Washington coach. What do we think? What will determine his success and failure? We will discuss. Gerard Mayo uh, reportedly replacing Bill Belichick as the Patriots coach. Uh, Iowa voting going on. And what in the world is going on in Georgia with Fannie Willis as this entire prosecution of Trump in Georgia threatens to go up in flame? Plus, all of my NFL gambling picks as we roll into the weekend that was and will be uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, six wild card games. I cannot wait. I'll give you all my gambling picks, what I expect to see in those games, and break down all of those six as we head into the weekend. That is all still to come. But we begin, and let me go ahead and scroll through and make sure that there's not some crazy crazy situation that has occurred which has ended up changing anything about this. Everyone is reporting that Kalen DeBoer is headed to uh, Alabama to become – the Crimson Tide head football coach. And I always just say everybody is reporting because things can suddenly go awry uh, in the event that something changes. But it appears after a relatively rapid search um, that he is on the cusp of becoming the... Uh, wow, here are some details. Chris Lowe says... Kalen DeBoer isn't going to come cheap for Alabama. He has a $12 million uh, buyout. That is pretty significant. Um, And I just want to make sure that nothing is changing while I am all talking to you because, as always, in the coaching search ranks, last-second change of opinions can occur. And, uh, again, right now the reports are that negotiations, there has not been, to my knowledge, an official, official hire associated uh, associated with this. Maybe it will be announced while we are talking. Uh, again, right now, the reports are just that negotiations are going on. So let me give you a rundown of what I think about Kalen DeBoer with, as you all understand a knowledge that this has not been officially announced, that there are just tons of reports that he is going to be the next coach, that negotiations are ensuing, that all these things, people can change their mind. So, if Kalen DeBoer is the hire, Mike Norvell said today, hey, I'm staying at Florida State, I'm going to get a $10 million deal. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian put out, got, I'm sure, a a massive raise to stay uh, at Texas in some way. Uh, and Dan Lanning stayed at Oregon. Those were three guys, reportedly, that Alabama was interested in. Now, to be fair, what actually goes on, really only like Jimmy Sexton and Greg Byrne, the athletic director at Alabama, know. And there's always every, much like in the NFL draft, you always notice in the NFL draft how everybody always gets the pick that they never expected would be there in the first round. If you, in all of our mock drafts, this guy was never there. Every NFL team in the first round, that's what they say about their pick. They never expected him to be there. They're astounded that they get the value that they do. Anybody outside of like the top two or three picks, that's what they say for everyone. At coaching searches, no one ever rejects a job, right? I guarantee you, Greg Byrne will come out if Kalen DeBoer is the hire. And he will say, we never offered the job to anyone else. Kalen DeBoer was our top choice from the moment Nick Saban announced he was going to leave. This was the guy I identified. No one else was ever targeted. There was never anybody else that could have ever taken this job. And that turns into kind of an interesting uh, uh, discussion of what is actually an offer. For college coaching search purposes, an offer does not occur until literally something is slid across the table and it is like a memorandum of understanding and you sign it. Until that point, no offer has occurred. The reality is we know how this happens, right? Agents back channel have discussions and they say, okay, what about five years? 50 million. What about this amount? All those other things. That's the way this actually takes place. Uh, So just file that away. For purposes of your uh, of your analysis, here is what I would say. My take is, if Kalen DeBoer is the official hire of Alabama, leaving aside whether he was their top target or not, ultimately it doesn't matter. Remember, Pete Carroll was way down the list of potential candidates that USC could have hired, and he's one of the most successful coaches. In the, modern, in the 21st century in college football. So sometimes you go down the list and you end up at a good spot. Here are the two things that will determine whether Kalen DeBoer is going to end up a successful coach at Alabama. He is very good with X's and O's, right? He has surrounded himself with a successful staff. I don't think there's anything you could point to and say, oh, this guy doesn't have uh, the, 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 the raw football knowledge, or motivational tools to be a good coach. We know that's going to be true. Number one, how well is he going to recruit? Nick Saban was a maniacal recruiter. Kalen DeBoer has not recruited at an elite level at Washington. He just hasn't. This is why Dan Lanning would have been able to take that away. I like Dan Lanning personally as probably the best coach other than Lane Kiffin, who to me would have been a guaranteed home run hire. I would have had Lane Kiffin one, I would have had Dan Lanning two on my list. So, Kalen DeBoer is going to have to recruit at a really high level. And people out there say, well, it's Alabama. You don't have to work that hard. Yeah, you do. Okay. In order to get a top five recruiting class anywhere, you have to be a maniacal fiend on the recruiting trail. You have to identify top uh, targets. You have to now manage NIL-related relationships. And I don't think Saban loved doing that. And you have to be willing to put together a staff that is fiendish on the recruiting trail, particularly in the South, where you know all of the top teams are going to be competing at an aggressive level. Now you have Texas and Oklahoma in the mix. Auburn's got Hugh Freeze, who's going to recruit well. Lane Kiffin's doing fabulous with the portal at Ole Miss. Again, recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. Washington didn't have a single five-star player on their roster this year, not one. I think Alabama had like 20, okay? You got to go get five stars. You got to lock and load them. Is Kalen DeBoer going to be an elite recruiter? Nick Saban had 10 number one recruiting classes. 10, okay? Is he going to be able to handle that recruiting? There isn't any evidence that he is right now. He's never done it. He has to be able to recruit at a top five level in order to win championships. That's number one. Second part of this, how's he going to fit in the culture of the South? So far, his coaching career, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, uh, South Dakota, Southern Illinois, Eastern Michigan, Fresno State, Indiana, Fresno State, Washington. Uh, Kalen DeBoer has never lived or coached in the South. Some of you out there are going to say, oh, that doesn't matter. I think it matters in a big way. The culture in the South is different. Kalen DeBoer could have a normal life in Seattle, Washington, as the head coach of the Washington Huskies. Lots of people in Seattle had no idea who he was. He is now the president of the state of Alabama. Every meal that he has, every drink that he has, every public interaction that he has is going to be freighted because he is as much a political figure now as he is a coach. He's going to have to kiss babies. He's going to have to pose for photos. This is a massive undertaking. Is he going to be able to handle the culture? I think one reason Brian Harson didn't work at Auburn, big cultural challenge. Alabama hired Mike Price back in the day, Washington State he wasn't prepared for the microscope that he was stepping into. I used Lane Kiffin as an example. Lane told me, going from USC to Tennessee, even having been the head coach of the Oakland Raiders, he had no idea the microscope that he was going to be under in Knoxville, how much people were going to care. The two things that are going to determine whether Kalen DeBoer succeeds, one, how he recruits, two, How does he do with the cultural shift? Now, he's coming into a talented team. We'll see. I would imagine most of the players will remain, although Isaiah Bond, who's a stud-wide receiver, has entered the transfer portal. The first thing that Kalen DeBoer will have to do is recruit his existing players. The fact that Jalen Milroe is going to be there the fact that much of the talent is going to return. He's walking into a top five job. I don't think you will see in year one an answer about how Kalen DeBoer will do. Recruiting and culture won't reveal itself immediately, okay? Remember, everybody thinks, oh, Alabama's a can't-miss job. Think about this for a minute now. Think about this. Alabama won one national championship from 1980 to 2008-2009. Nearly 30 years, Alabama won one title trying to replace uh, Bear Bryant. Maybe Kalen DeBoer steps in and immediately continues the success that Nick Saban had. I think that's highly unlikely. I think that's highly unlikely. And the standard of expectation here is you make the playoffs every year. If Alabama doesn't make the playoffs this year, the long knives are going to come out the expectations are high. Nick Saban has spoiled this fan base. Those are the things that I would think about. Now, from a Kalen DeBoer perspective, you're probably going to get 9 or $10 million a year. So if you get 9 or $10 million a year, what's the worst thing that can end up happening to you? It's not going to be a total disaster for you, uh, and we'll see what happens. Also, how does the Washington staff uh, take place? There's a really good rapport right now on the Washington staff. If they elevate from inside, then we will see what ends up happening. Report: Washington has called the team meeting for 1:30. So we will see what happens um, and uh, and and how this all shakes out. But that is the report now, Kalen DeBoer. Unless something changes, as I am talking to you live. At uh, 3.17 uh, Eastern, Uh, that is my analysis of the potential Kalen DeBoer hire. Uh, Gerard Mayo, new Patriots coach. I like this hire. It's internal. I've liked Gerard Mayo since he was a stud, University of Tennessee linebacker. It's going to be difficult to replace anybody in New England, although I would say way easier now than it would have been if you had taken over right after Tom Brady left because the Patriots have fallen on hard times. You're probably restarting, drafting a quarterback. I don't think the expectations in New England are anywhere near what they are in Alabama where Nick Saban goes out handing over yet another SEC championship and playoff appearance to his successor. Good solid quarterback in Jalen Milroe returning. I don't think that the expectations on Ger- Gerard Mayo are going to be through the roof compared to what they are uh, in Alabama. So if I had to follow right now Belichick or Saban, I think it's a way easier job to follow Belichick based on the recent lack of success that the New England Patriots have had than it would be uh, to follow otherwise. Um, All right, a couple of other things that are out there. NFL picks, all right? I love wild card weekends. Wildcard weekend, divisional weekend. You get six games this weekend, four games next weekend. I've got picks on all of them for you. Uh, I like the Browns minus the points against the Texans. I think Joe Flacco comes out. Don't underlook the relationship that he has had with Njoku, his tight end. They've been having a lot of success. Certainly, we know Amari Cooper and Joe Flacco has been a heck of a combo. I like the Browns minus two and a half at NRG Stadium down in Houston. I'm a little bit nervous about this pick because the reports are that it's going to be minus 30 wind chill. And right now it's like 70 degrees in Miami. And we know the Dolphins traditionally don't play very well in cold weather because they get to play in the fabulous weather of Miami. But I'm taking the Dolphins plus four and a half against the Chiefs. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. I don't think that there is going to be a lot of offensive pyrotechnics in this one. I think both defenses, although the Dolphins have had a lot of injuries, will play well. Cold weather games, usually you don't see explosive uh, totals. Uh, it's just Ball doesn't travel the same way. Players don't cut, get in and out of the breaks the same way. I would not want to be in this stadium in Kansas City watching this game in person. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm excited to watch it in my perfectly warm home. Uh, I've got the Dolphins plus the points at the Chiefs. I'm on the Bills. Uh, Big favorites. Number has ticked down a little bit. Looks like we might have a foot of snowfall as I am talking to you right now. Uh, This is going to be an amazing uh, game to watch on television uh, with the Steelers on the road. I like the Bills minus the points, and I like the under. I gave out the under with Kelly Stewart on Wednesday. The under has dropped 10 points now. It's all the way down to 33 and a half. I told you at that time I thought that the Bills would win something like 21-6, something like 24-6. I'm going to continue to dial it back. The one thing that makes you nervous about cold weather games and snow is potentially turnovers, difficulty handling the football, difficulty throwing the football. I think the under is still the play. I hope you took it earlier in the week when we gave it out because you got a huge middle now. Uh, I still like the Bills to win this one. But now I feel like the final score might be like thirteen to three, seventeen to six, even lower. I think this number probably keeps coming down. Uh, I like the Cowboys minus the points. Um, I know the Cowboys against the Packers, they have been utterly disappointing to Cowboy fans in years past. I understand why there might be some trepidation associated with betting on the Cowboys against the Packers. Trust me, I do. But I like the way Dak is playing. Nobody can cover C.D. Lamb right now. Pollard, I think, is ripe to have a good game as well. Uh, I like the Cowboys to win this game against the Packers by double digits. Line hanging right around seven. Uh, Rams-Lions over. I I like the Lions a little bit. I think this is a tough matchup. Lions with their first playoff game ever in Ford Field. Is going to be an electric environment. Problem is, Matthew Stafford and the Rams are playing pretty well right now. Young Rams team. Sean McVay has overturned over much of this roster. Uh, But the line hanging right around 51-ish. I think both teams are going to score. I like Jared Goff to come out and play well. Remember, this is the team that traded him away that said, you are not good enough for us even after he had taken them to a Super Bowl. First year he's gone, they win a Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford. I think that this is a Jared Goff revenge game. I like the over, though, more than either side as this line sits right around Lions as a three-point favorite. Uh, final game of the Wild Card weekend. I like the Bucks plus the points against the Eagles. Home game for Baker Mayfield. Eagles falling apart down the stretch. Uh, The under 43.5, I also like. I think this is a no brainer. Bucks win outright as the home dog, but I'll take the points. I think it's a low scoring game. 17 to 14 ish feels like what this final is. uh, And the Bucks find a way to win as the home underdog. Those are my breakdowns gambling wise of the six NFL playoff games. Uh, so get your bets in. I'll put these up on the OutKick site, uh, and you can, and I'll share it the link with you on Saturday morning. Uh, those are my bets. Good luck, by the way, to everybody. We're talking about getting a major snowstorm in uh, in Nashville. Snowstorms hitting all over the country. Arctic plunge temperature. I mentioned about how cold it's going to be in Kansas City. Everything kind of falling apart uh, as uh, as you break down. The weather here as we roll into uh, January and get ready for the Iowa caucuses. Uh, I mentioned the very first votes of 2024 going to be cast in Iowa on Monday. Eight days after Monday, January 23rd, the votes are going to be taking place in New Hampshire. If Trump wins both of these primaries, he would be the first Republican candidate in a contested primary to win Iowa and New Hampshire both, since Gerald Ford in 1976. Uh, If Trump wins Iowa and New Hampshire, I think this thing is over. Trump is a huge favorite in Iowa. The biggest story in Iowa is going to be who comes in second place. Nikki Haley surging late with a chance to come in second. Ron DeSantis has put all his chips in the table uh, uh, for Iowa, saying, I'm going to make a run here. If he doesn't come in second, I think the DeSantis campaign probably finished. Uh, If he does come in second, he'll continue to battle against Trump. And then the question is, what's the margin for Trump? A lot of polls out there showing Trump with a 20, a 30-point lead. Those are big numbers. How is this all going to shake out for Donald Trump going forward uh, is an intriguing storyline to follow. Because not just who's going to win, it would be a monumental upset if Trump is not the winner of the Iowa caucuses. It is, how much is Trump going to win by? If you look at the gambling markets, money has come in on Nikki Haley. She now is favored to come in second place. I want to look at the absolute latest on these gambling markets and, uh, and see what, uh, let me pull it up right now. You can bet offshore on politics, uh, and there are a lot of different politics-related bets, but I want to make sure that I get the absolute latest. Now, you can't put down massive amounts on these, so just factor that in. But right now, Bet Online has Nikki Haley minus 230 to be second place in the caucuses. Again, Ron DeSantis plus 180, Vivek Ramaswamy 14 to 1, and they have the over under percentages that they're likely to get. Uh, DeSantis, 17.5 is his over-under. Nikki Haley, 21.5 over-under. Vivek, over-under, 6.5. And And then Trump all the way out to 53.5. And And the gambling markets say that Trump is going to win by 30 or more points in uh, in Iowa. And he is minus 20,000 to be the winner in Iowa, Nikki Haley 22 to 1 to win in Iowa, Ron DeSantis 28 to 1. So it'd be a monumental upset for Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis to win in Iowa. The race really seems to be for who's going to come in second. If I'm a Trump uh, stan, if I'm a Trump supporter, I actually would like Ron DeSantis in second in Iowa And Nikki Haley in second in New Hampshire, because that might keep both of them in the race and keep it from being a 1v1. If Nikki Haley wins in Iowa, sorry, comes in second in Iowa, and then Ron DeSantis drops out, given the fact that Chris Christie has already dropped out, you basically are going to have a 1v1 in New Hampshire. And given the fact that New Hampshire has open primary voting, Nikki Haley could benefit from independents, Democrats, third party supporters who might show up to vote against Donald Trump and for Nikki Haley, changing the narrative arc with two weeks then after New Hampshire until the vote goes in South Carolina. I just think Trump is a massive favorite right now, but uh, that is the lay on the ground from the gambling perspective and also analyzing everything out there as it pertains to the Iowa caucus. Finally, this story in Georgia is big, all right? Fannie Willis is the Fulton County DA who is bringing this prosecution against Donald Trump in Georgia. She is alleged to have paid over $650,000 to the man that she is engaged in an adulterous relationship with, again, according to court filings, Nathan Wade. She hired her lover, allegedly, and gave him $650,000 in state taxpayer money in Georgia. Nathan Wade is not an elite criminal defense attorney. He has a two-man law firm, You can hire him if you get into a fender bender in Georgia. $650,000 to him is a lot of money. It's a lot of money to everybody. But it's not as if this guy is making millions of dollars otherwise and is an elite criminal defense attorney in any respect. Also, Fannie Willis is alleged to have gone on vacation with him. This is potentially criminal behavior by her. There should be an investigation in Georgia opened into these allegations. You have to investigate the investigators. And here's where this becomes significant. The House Judiciary Committee has said they're going to begin their own investigation. If they can find one person, I think what's going on here is there is a huge connection between the White House and all of the criminal prosecutions of Donald Trump. I think this is a concerted campaign that has been led by White House officials to try to put Trump in prison and try to get Trump knocked off the ballot. I don't buy into the idea that these are all independent investigations and that Joe Biden's White House has somehow not been involved. Now, I think Biden's a mess. I don't think mentally he's able to be on top of things as it pertains to his day-to-day existence in this uh in this scenario. Okay? So I think this investigation into Fannie Willis, if you pull the thread and her relationship with Nathan Wade, I think it has the potential to not just destroy the prosecution in Atlanta, which I think is already going to happen. I think it has the potential to unravel all of the criminal cases that are being brought against Donald Trump if we had an honest media This would be the story of your career if you could break this. This makes Watergate look like, I use this phrase a lot because it's so true, look like jaywalking, okay? These are big, serious allegations against Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade that I think have already destroyed the Atlanta prosecution. I think most people have not recognized it yet. But if you conduct an investigation, I don't know how Georgia has not already opened one, Into the investigation itself, it's potential that this behavior was criminal because, in most places, you can't hire your mistress or your mister or your paramour and give him $650,000 in taxpayer dollars to be trying to go get Donald Trump. The people investigating Donald Trump, go figure, may actually be far more corrupt than Donald Trump himself. This is a big story. It's not going away. Pay attention to it. Put a pin in this discussion. I'm telling you, much more to come here. All right. I love all of you. My name is Clay Travis. This has been Outkick the Show. DBAP unless you need to SBAP. Get your gambling picks in. Uh, I will hang out with you guys again on Monday. I hope you have fabulous weekends. Do your best staying warm if you're going to these games. Be safe out on the roadways as a massive winter storm is moving across the country. Uh, Basically everywhere, temperature is going to be plummeting. And I'll be back with you on Monday. Next time we talk, voting will basically be underway for the 2024 presidential election. I cannot wait. Vote no matter what. Iowa, you're on the clock. I'll see you guys Monday.